Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week we continue our coverage of the Pacific Games in Papua New Guinea. And Tonga prepare to open their international rugby campaign for the season. But first, New Zealand football says it is embarrassed by the country's expulsion from the Olympic qualification competition, but maintains it did everything correctly around player eligibility. The Ollie Whites were disqualified for fielding an ineligible player in their semi-final win over Vanuatu in PNG. New Zealand football is now launching an appeal against the Oceania Football Confederation's decision to expel their under-23s from the final, as well as an appeal around the ruling by which they were expelled. Fiji took advantage of New Zealand's absence, beating Vanuatu 4-3 on penalties in the final to advance to the Olympic football tournament for the first time. Fiji football president Rajesh Patel says it's a massive achievement. It is a very proud moment for all the Fijians and Fiji nation. We have qualified for the two world events. First was the under-20 World Cup and now the Rio Olympics. And uh, So this is something that we are very proud of and uh, the whole nation and the soccer-loving public are very proud of it too. You mentioned the under-20 World Cup where Fiji had a victory over Honduras in New Zealand. Of course, you had the Wellington Phoenix touring and playing a couple of games against your national team as well. And then now, you know, successfully qualifying for the Olympics off the back of the qualifying tournament which is being played in PNG alongside the Pacific Games event as well so a pretty successful few months. Oh definitely I think so it proves the development work that we had carried out when I first came in three and a half years ago. We stuck to our plans and uh, this is bearing fruits now and that's what we have been telling and this is something that people have to understand it's not the ranking always in the national team but for our small nations you know with not even a million population we have to start from the grassroots and we have to do the development work and if the development works are successful, then this reaps the dividends and you know, rewards for the nation. Very unique circumstances, of course. Uh, you made it through to the final and everything seemed as per usual. And then, of course, on the morning of the game, you found out your opponents were different because New Zealand were disqualified for fielding an ineligible player. Uh, how challenging was that for your Fiji team to have to suddenly come up against a different opponent? Uh, and then, of course, you know that matter is still very much live with New Zealand challenging uh, the decision as well. Oh, yeah, we were prepared for New Zealand. Uh, our coaches and the team management and the players were all prepared, and they knew uh, that we had a very good chance to beat New Zealand this time around. The boys were confident in everything, and the saga was going on, and I found out uh, the night before that, yes, it was something that we might be have to be prepared with it. So we kept on informing, and uh, Vanuatu would be a tough challenge for us. We knew it uh, because Vanuatu team has been together for four years, the same team. On the other hand, we knew New Zealand would be likely a better appointment for us. You know, they had some under-20 players like we did and some under-23 players. So the team management felt, uh, you know, New Zealand would have been a better bet for us to, you know, go through and beat. But as uh, the boys took on Vanuatu, Vanuatu we knew will come on tough. And uh, the boys proved that under any conditions they can match with anyone. And uh, this is something that uh, most of our under-20 players that was uh, playing in the squad 
have been through the international matches and knows under which pressure to play and uh, you know be successful. And uh, from what you know, Rajesh, do you believe the decision to take New Zealand out of the tournament was the correct one? The rules are there, and if the rules are not followed, every country has to follow the rules. And uh, if you don't follow the rules, uh, it's very clear the FIFA will uh, take action on it. And uh, if the country protests against you, and uh, if it's found right, you will be disqualified. And so that's what has happened uh, accordingly. And uh, I was not on the committee or whatnot, on the disciplinary committee, what made the decision. And they must have found the evidence. And in New Zealand, the onus was on New Zealand to prove that, yes, the player had the eligibility to play for New Zealand. So Vanuatu obviously uh, were aware that Declan Wynn, the defender for New Zealand, um, had uh, issues with his eligibility, um, and they've chosen to uh, challenge uh, following their loss in the semi-final, which was upheld, putting them through to the final against Fiji. Uh, were you, or was Fiji, aware of, of any of these uh, issues regarding the player's eligibility? Because, of course, he played at the Under-20 World Cup for New Zealand, and Fiji were also at that tournament. Olympic qualifications for player eligibility is different from the normal uh, national uh, team when you're playing in the World Cup. And this is where the difference comes in, and I think so that's uh, where Wanwatu must have picked up. We were not picking it up. Uh, we were not into concern much more into it. We would have gone and played, and uh, you know, if we lost, we lost. Uh, that's, uh, and if we won, we won. That's what we were going for. And so as it stands, you were, of course, going to the Rio Olympics. That's a historic moment. But whilst New Zealand have a challenge, which could potentially go as far as the Court of Arbitration for Sport, do you feel like you're guaranteed for Rio? Or is there still a part of Fiji football that's just tempering maybe your excitement whilst you see how this plays out with the challenging? They have got all the rights to go through it. But we, as far as we know, we have qualified legitimately. And uh, we are there. We're going to Rio. You know, if anything, is just a stumbling block in the middle. You know, but, but we're not concerned about it. We are qualified. If anything happens like this, you know, then we will take it to task. And uh, uh, Oceania football knows that, no, we have qualified and we are through. You believe New Zealand have full rights to do what they're doing there and you don't have any issue with them if there's a potentiality that I guess you might have to play another game if their appeal was successful? Oh, well, if that happens, then we will uh, you know, put a strong fight too because the FIFA and Oceania football has found them ineligible, so that's their right to go wherever they want. And uh, as the parent body you know, of uh, our member association, which is Confederation Oceania and then FIFA, if they've made the decision, then we'll abide by that decision and go through. And uh, as part of the reward for Fiji qualifying for the Rio Olympics, I understand uh, your players get a, a bit of a, a bonus, uh, 50,000 Fijian dollars? 50,000 I had promised was for two qualifications. That was 25,000 for Rio and 25,000 for bringing Pacific gold medal. And that's uh, you know what I had told the boys beforehand, and that's what I've been uh, reporting in the news. $25,000, yes, they have won it. They will be given the bonus for $25,000 for winning uh, the qualification for Rio Olympics. And they win the gold medal, they'll get uh, another 25000 for it. That's the president of Fiji Football, Rajesh Patel. Pacific Games organisers have apologised for an embarrassing gaffe in which countries were awarded medals in team shooting, despite the event not being part of the Games programme. Papua New Guinea were declared winners of the women's team air pistol event, with Tahiti and Fiji taking silver and bronze. But New Caledonia successfully appealed the result, arguing that there was in fact no team event listed in the charter for the 2015 Games. The chef de mission for Team PNG, Richard Kassman, says the decision not to include a team event was made months ago, but was not clearly communicated. Our understanding from our team and uh, three other teams was that there was a team event and the medal was on, it was on, on the programs. We have the highest aggregate score 
and we were deemed the winner of the team, team medal and indeed moved to the medal ceremony and we, it was announced. So, and, and was a medal actually put around someone's neck? Absolutely. And we recorded those medals at, at that time. There was a protest by one of the other countries, and New Caledonia protested, and the protest was upheld based on our review of that. Pacific Games Council was correct, te technically correct, in upholding that appeal. So the protest was that there actually wasn't meant to be a team's event? Yes, and under the Charter, the Charter is the source that confirms what events per Games. So in the 2015 Games, the Charter has noted that there is no team medal for pistol shooting. Um, so that's been since clarified. Uh, obviously ourselves, um, Tahiti and um, Fiji, who, who won the other medals, uh, protested very, very strongly. Uh, but the rules are very clear. Uh, so but so um, the GOC have agreed that they would not physically take the medals of those who won the medals when they were presented to them. However, uh, unfortunately, those medals don't count. So one, although uh, four athletes got the gold medal, or were presented with a gold medal each, it, was, it counts to one. So that one gold medal doesn't count on his medal tally. So there were a number of countries that came to these specific games thinking that there was a team event and there were also a number that came thinking that there wasn't. Th that's correct. There were a couple of countries that uh, had been aware that this was not a team event and uh, Papua New Guinea plus uh, uh, three other countries came prepared for that event. So it, uh, the, the GOC and the, the Pacific Games Council were um, quite embarrassed about how this was allowed to have come this far, where, where we had um, we had nominated shooters for these events, they've been accredited and have come forward. But the, the, the rule is clear, as much as I, I, I'm, I'm happy that we've lost um, a gold medal to our tally, um, the rule is clear, and um, you know we've, uh, we've got to we've got to abide by the rule book. And, and for one of the countries that I guess thought there was an event that actually wasn't, you know, it was the host country that's hosting the game, so all the more bizarre. C correct. And, um, yes, very much so. And, um, but the uh, Pacific Games Council will be undertaking an investigation, which is embarrassing as to how far this has come. It was probably administrative, and uh, when this was apparently clarified, it was supposed to have been taken off the draw. Uh, a few months ago, and it wasn't taken off the draw. So is that the job of the Games Council or the organising committee? Ultimately, the, the Council and the Games Organising both have uh, apologised. I'm outside of that, that uh, sporting arena, but uh, they both apologised. And uh, you know, I think it's, it's uh, nothing to be achieved by the blame game, but it's damn unfortunate. And uh, you know, we, we, the athletes that won those medals, we, we're, we're talking to them. And um, you know, we're just trying to help them through this time. And you know, they, they were in the newspapers, they were in the media, uh, covered in the media. As having won the medals. That's the Team PNG chef to mission at the Pacific Games, Richard Kassman. The Samoa women's cricket coach says their victory over Papua New Guinea at the Pacific Games is the biggest achievement in the country's cricketing history. Having set the hosts 104 to win in wet conditions at the Bassini Sports Complex, PNG collapsed from 37 without loss to fall four runs short of victory after 20 overs. It was Samoa's first ever win against PNG in women's cricket 
And coach Ian West says it's a milestone result. It's the biggest win in Samoa cricket history. I mean, we're just a, an affiliate nation up against all these associate nations. We only brought 12 players with us because that's all we could afford. Odds were stacked against us from the start. We lost our two opening batters before the tournament. We lost one of our best bowlers before the tournament. And the girls just come out and walked away with a gold medal. Yeah, I mean, can't ask for any more, yeah. And, of course, uh, batting first uh, when it was still dry. It's now raining pretty steadily here. Uh, what were your thoughts going into the uh, second innings? I was absolutely cursing at the start of the second innings because um, it happened. Same, same thing happened to us yesterday. We bowled first in the, in the rain, and then it, then it dried up when they came on to bowl. Then it was the opposite today, and I thought, uh, weather gods are against us. And then they got off to a flying start. The girls just fought back, you know, and never gave up, and couldn't ask for any more. And uh, down the stretch here in those final few overs, PNG batsmen were put under a lot of pressure and started to make some uh, very risky decisions with their uh, running between the wickets. That's the thing about chasing, isn't it? You get a score on the board and there's always that scoreboard pressure, particularly in this type of cricket where teams don't tend to score at 8-9 and over. If you can get it up to uh, more than a run a ball, you tend to be OK. At, at what point were you starting to think, actually, we might have this? It wasn't until about the 14th or 15th over because they got off to a flyer and I just thought the conditions were against us. We bowled a bit quicker, so all of our girls have longer run-ups, so they were all to come off short runs we try and swing it around a bit and that was obviously wasn't going to happen so it took a while before I thought we had a chance but yeah after about 14-15 overs and then we started bowling wides after that so it wasn't right until right at the end. And uh, these conditions uh, you know there's puddles out on the pitch uh, no sooner was the game over the covers are on. That's the same for both sides uh, you know that's just what, what happens but yeah it's some little girls they don't actually care if it rains or not they just go out and play you know, they, it's the same with the PNG girls and everyone in this tournament they don't like rain's not an obstacle for them. Yeah. And of course, uh, no one wanted to go off for a gold medal match, and that's what you've now won. You've got a gold medal for your country. That's, and that was pretty amazing, just um, seeing the girls afterwards, a lot of them in tears. Uh, shows what it means, yeah. And all the singing and uh, celebrating. Uh, what, do you, what do you think this does for the Samoa women's team and for Samoan cricket? It's absolutely, I can't say how big it is. The men's team and the women's team, we've always been there or thereabouts, and we've always been the team that people talk about having potential. But at some point you've got to win something, you can't live your life on potential and we've been living on potential for five years and uh, now we've actually got something we can say, well now we can actually beat any team in this, uh, in this region. That's the Samoa women's cricket coach Ian West. Still with cricket and the Papua New Guinea Barramundis have made a strong start to their World 2020 qualifying campaign. A 24-run victory over Jersey was slightly tempered however by their second match against Hong Kong being abandoned without a ball being bowled due to heavy rain. The top six sides will qualify for the World T20 Tournament in India next year. Head coach Deepak Patel says his players aren't letting themselves get carried away. They're pretty laid-back guys, these people. You know, I just basically encourage them to be who they are. and I've revolved our team, the dynamics, around their natural talent. We also what they're all about as P&G people. And they love singing, they have guitars and they have music. So, so, look, they're always happy regardless of either way, whether we win or lose. And that's quite healthy, to be honest with you. Um, we don't really talk about the World Cup. We're just quite happy to just go along and play each game as, as, as we go along. The main thing from our perspective is that, uh, which I've installed into them, is that we want to improve uh, in all aspects of our game. It doesn't necessarily mean just in T20 neither. Um, it's all about development and we're going on nicely. So, um, yeah, look, uh, certainly from the coaches' perspective and the selectors, uh, we feel that we've got a very strong squad of 15 players and it's very difficult at the moment to, to pick the playing 11. So that's very healthy from that from that perspective. That's the PNG cricket coach, Dipak Patel. 
Tonga begin their 2015 international rugby season against Fiji and Sufa this weekend. The Ikaletahi held a training camp in Nilkualofa last week, while Pacific rivals Samoa and Fiji opened their campaigns against the All Blacks and NZ Māori. Tonga Rugby's high-performance manager, Peter Harding, says they can't wait to get amongst the on-field action. It's a perfect game to start with against Fiji because currently they're a very, very good team, probably the best Fiji team ever. So we're really looking forward to this. We've got 13, 14 weeks ahead of us, the PNC and the World Cup. And this is a perfect way to start it against an island team in Fiji and against a very good island team. We're looking forward to it. And uh, the Ikaletai have a, a strong core of uh, players uh, in their squad that have been around for a while. Uh, a few new caps uh, as well that uh, Mana has discussed, the head coach, uh, in, in recent weeks. Um, how, how do you feel about the squad that you guys have at your disposal? Oh, it's, it's a fantastic squad. It's a really fine, you know, fine bunch of men, and they're all very good players. Um, the young guys that have come in, you know, it's, it's pretty refreshing. They're all class, and they've been very good at training. And obviously, we've got the old guys who are class as well. So. This is a really good mix going forward for this competition and we'll get a look at a couple of guys. We know they're very, very good players and they've been good in the environment so far so we're really happy that they're here and we want to see how they go in the test matches. They've proved themselves at other levels we just want to see how they go in a test match. And uh, what is the focus uh, for a match like this against the Flying Fijians? Uh, a, a lot of countries at this point are just trying to I uh, give as many people in their squad an opportunity to... Uh, I guess, uh, state their case ahead of the World Cup. How how do you balance off the importance of winning games and, and also obviously looking ahead to the ultimate goal this year, which is the World Cup? This is a test match against Fiji. I don't think some Fijians or the, the Tongans, no Fijian or Tongans going to go in a, um, against a test match against each other without it being, you know, full metal jacket. It's going to be um, balls to the wall, if you know what I mean. It's uh, it's a test match and we're going to win it. That's all we can say. we we and we've got the quality and we've got the class and our objective is to win the game. And uh, as far as the rankings go, uh, the traditional Pacific rivals, Fiji, Samoa and Tonga, uh, the Ikaletahi have been, I guess, the, the, the bottom of those three in terms of rankings in, in recent years. But you guys have had some very good end-of-season tours, especially to the Northern Hemisphere, and had some you know, very important results up there. Uh, is 2015 a, a real opportunity for, for Tonga to... Uh, to maybe push their way up those rankings and, and, and start to, to show that they are just as good as any other team in the region, if not, uh, you know, in that, uh, you know, on that World Cup and, and maybe cause uh, a few rumblings. Yeah, well, our, my objective when we started was to stabilise the rankings because in between uh, World Cups we'd have, you know, one or two outstanding results and then we'd have a lot of bad results and the rankings always punch. So what do we want to do is stabilise the team, both performance and culture on and off the field. And we've done that. Uh, it's been very stable for the last three years now. I genuinely believe we're better than what Ranky says. With the number of matches we've got now, we can actually get together, uh, train together, play a lot of footy together, and once we do that, we'll, we'll rise in the rankings because we'll win games. I'm, I'm sure of it. I've seen the quality of the players, the quality of the staff, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure that will happen. We need this time together. We're a more stable outfit culturally now and more stable outfit on the rankings and we'll go well. And uh, no doubt you've uh, you know had a good look at that match between Fiji and the Maori at the weekend and you're obviously uh, well aware of the way Fiji play and I'm sure they are of uh, Tonga as well. Uh, what are you expecting this weekend apart from, as you put it, full metal jacket? Island games are different. Like We can, um, we can play, once island teams play each other, 
So there's, there's a little bit of chaos thrown in the mix just because of the intensity of the rivalry. And I think that's, that's exactly what will happen. That it will be a little bit chaotic because of the intensity of the two island teams playing together. I, I haven't seen, I've been around a lot of test matches and you don't get that intensity in a lot of other games, I don't believe. So I think it, you know, it'll be, might, it might just be a little chaotic for a while before the team set, set down, but it'll definitely be very hard, strong footy and, um, extremely competitive. That's Tonga Rugby's High Performance Manager, Peter Harding. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.